Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am pleased as peaches to be with you here today in Eugene, Oregon. (laughs) We do this twice a week to chew on God's word and what we're being challenged by or uh, stewing on in hopes of providing a semi-nutritious meal for you, spiritually speaking, of course. We are not feeding anybody, so sorry. (laughs) We are getting lunch after this, though. Hey, yo. This morning, we have Luther Hooter. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been my favorite. (laughs) It just happened so naturally. You didn't even think about it. It was in my heart, man. (laughs) I've been waiting all week for this. Did you prep that one before? No. Oh. Yeah, it seemed so spontaneous. <laughs> I was like, I got to get away. The track I'm on, I'm too, too carved in. Too uh, Lou, you are the pastor of the worship here at UFC. Correct. Yes, and you I do am. all kinds of great things. Thanks. Like I collect so. Christmas ornaments. I don't do that. You did that yesterday. Well, uh, maybe the decoration. Yeah, I mean, we just, we had to get them out of storage. Mm-hmm. So you're in charge of Christmas this year, just like on a national level. <laughs> it's all of Sounds Christmas. terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's always funny. Uh, church in some ways is similar to working retail because we have a, yeah. we have a slightly, maybe didn't. <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. How do I describe this? Holidays can hit different when you're in the thick of them. Yeah. For like a month and a half straight. Right. So when I worked retail, Christmas was, I, I became a little bitter towards Christmas. I'm not oh gonna lie. yeah. You become a little jaded. Yeah. You see the worst of people mm-hmm. and you see all the consumerism. Yeah. And, and the glitter, man. Glitter. So much glitter. Yeah. I hate glitter. My daughter loves glitter. If you're not a child <laughs> and you like glitter, I don't understand I don't understand. Help me understand. <laughs> Anyways, this <laughs> this morning, uh, we are going to talk about working on angels. Uh, you have got an excerpt <laughs> that you're having the staff read through, and I have yet to read it uh, because we're working ahead a little bit. So, yeah. spoiler alert. Spoilers. Actually, by the time you listen to this, we'll have talked about it as a staff next Tuesday. That, none of that's important, but... <laughs> It's a chapter called Working the Angles. Yes. Angles. You see those memes? Those are so funny. Angles and angels. So funny. Same letters. Different order. Yeah. It's like the dyslexia, uh, like, proof. Oh, is it? I can see that. Oh, it's not. I just made that up. Oh. But (laughs) he said that in front of somebody, and they go, oh, Working the Angels. Nice. That's weird, but. Yeah, it happened. um, What is this about? What is this? You've been chewing on it. Well, yeah. So, it's... um, It comes from Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite authors, especially regarding pastoral theology. Sure. And so he was a pastor for a long time, kind of a no-name pastor. Um, Then he made up a translation of the Bible. (laughs) He wrote his own shooting over the translation. (laughs) Correct. With no, and the funny thing is he had no intent of publishing that. It was really just for his own people and like doing a Bible study. Yeah. Besides the point, this is not about <laughs> the message. Um, and uh, anyway, so he has written a lot on pastoral theology. Yeah. Um, and he has deep convictions regarding the work of pastors. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of funny that you compare ministry or the church to... Um, 
consumerism yeah. around Christmas time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you just compared it to like capitalism or something like that? Because this whole chapter is, it's out of um, the book called Working the Angles. It's the first chapter and it's um, probably his most, you can just sense the frustration mm. in like his language yeah. because he actually compares um, the work of the church to like keeping shop. He yeah. uses that language, keeping shop. And a lot of pastors are in his mind um, running away from their calling given to them by God. And he has scriptural support for that, but he's, they're running away from their calling and they're becoming shopkeepers mm-hmm. where they just, they, they want to have a good polished product yeah. to keep people in the doors, paying money, keeping the lights on, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Got to please the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Piper's got a book that I haven't read <laughs> 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 called Brothers. We are not professionals. Yeah, I think it's along the same lines. It I also have like not read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Pepper so has a lot of books I've read. <laughs> if you have read it and it is like this, <laughs> please write us. <laughs> but even from that title, I kind of get that vibe. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like you could just change the word professional with shopkeeper. You know, I feel like they're synonymous. So I'm going to throw two things at you. Sure. Pragmatism and regulative principle. Okay. As two ends of the spectrum, and I'll explain for the listener. Yes, regulative principle is that is its own spectrum Mm -hmm. in that scripture defines how we function as a church and church gathering. This can extend from whether or not you have live music, Mm -hmm. you know, if you put people up front or in the back or if it's just vocals or, Mm -hmm. and then pragmatism would be um, if the proof is in the pudding, Mm -hmm. if by any stretch, this is successful, then we move forward with it. It's popularized by, um, secular marketing and mm. business mm. practices, because for a business, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. You do what works, what generates revenue. That's the point. Right. Churches, well, I would argue should be very different. So yeah. um, this sounds like this is kind of dealing with mm-hmm. the pragmatic side where we're running this like a business a little bit more, yeah, less like a flock. Yeah. Um, great question. And um, so regarding the whole pragmatism aspect and I'll say this and, and then I'll I'll come back to it because I want to talk about the regular principle. But concerning pragmatism, I think if if we follow that, one of the problems is we let other people dictate yeah. what is important yep. and what the pastor should be doing um, rather than allowing God to dictate mm-hmm. what the pastor should be doing, right? So, and maybe we can come back to, to that piece. But the regulative principle, yeah, is really interesting. Um, and I, I think there can be, I, I knew of the regulative principle primarily in the context of worship and mm-hmm. liturgy, but only doing that, which is found in scripture. Right. And so, so what that would mean then by implication is that you wouldn't have any, um, you wouldn't sing anything that wasn't in scripture. Mm-hmm. So um, in fact, I was talking with a family. Um, we had dinner with them. They had us over and we were talking about, and they grew up in a, or they spent time in a denomination reformed Presbyterian where mm-hmm. um that's all they did. They sang, they sung hymns yeah. and there was no instrumentation because in the new Testament, there wasn't instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I wouldn't be obviously because <laughs> we right, have just come out and say it. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't be in that vein because I don't think that just because it isn't in scripture, doesn't mean that we don't have the freedom mm-hmm. to do that. 
I use different benchmarks, which are pragmatic on some level. Would that be like an argument from silence fallacy to say, mm. you know, it never instructs us to do otherwise. And it never technically instructs us only to do these things. So mm-hmm. we're going to assume from the silence that we should only do what scripture clearly illustrates. Yeah. There's a part of me that wants to say yes, but I don't, I don't know. I'm going to want to make yep. 100% Not a big affirmation, deal. but it's just, uh, I, you know, it comes from people who, and I think Peterson was reformed Presbyterian. So I don't, I think that they follow the regulative principle. Um, and they just want to be faithful to scripture. Yeah. And yeah. Right? so anyways, but so there are some things that we do that's pragmatic because one of the defining criteria for me is let's talk about musicians. If they're going to be on the team, they need to not be distracting and that can either be in their lack of skill or their overabundance of skill, mm-hmm. like always doing solos and all this kind of stuff. That's pragmatic because at the end of the day, I want people to be singing. Yeah. And if they're too distracted by the instrumentation or any number of things, then that's not working. That's not pragmatic. Yeah. Do you think that, and this isn't the point you're making, but do yeah. you think that could be defended theologically too of having an orderly gathering, mm-hmm. you know, maybe yeah. a tertiary argument there? It could be, but that still comes down to like pragmatics, like, yeah. you know, um, wh- and then, I mean, how do you define order? What does that look yeah. like? All that kind of stuff. So, so on some level there needs to be pragmatic, but you're, but it needs to be defined by principle and that principle needs to be come from God. Yeah. Right. And we would say from scripture, mm-hmm. that's um, God's word spoken. So, yeah. So if we, but if we, um, if we have something else that drives us or if we're constantly thinking or talking about numbers or um, money in the bank, mm-hmm. um, those things can start to govern how we do things rather than um, um, scripture. I think there's a balance too. Even as I'm talking, I think there needs to be a balance between ideals and our principles Mm -hmm. and like, okay, I have to manage and care for 800, 900 people. Yeah. Right. So um, sometimes I think what can happen ideals. I can still see them down there and the people. (laughs) <laughs> they're like they're like small ants. Ants. <laughs> um, it's a school for ants. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, but the thing with Peterson was that he was a pastor for decades mm-hmm. and so it's not his his thoughts are not divorced from in fact they're greatly influenced by his his day-to-day action mm-hmm. as a pastor so what's the what's the driving force of his argument here in this chapter yeah so the when he was when he was growing uh, when he was a, a pastor and becoming into the pastorate was really when the church model of like a business yeah and like having an executive pastor and that's not even church necessarily growth stuff right yeah that was really at the beginning at the forefront and um he talks about in other books how he was allured or tempted by that right because mm-hmm. it's like a claim and it's fame and it produces all of these things but it it attracts a certain part of our human nature that's like i want to be have notoriety i want to be noticed yeah and affirmed in what i'm doing and so so he writes this book um as kind of a rebuttal against that and a pushback when everybody seems like whole job of the pastor is not a shopkeeper but the job of the pastor is defined by three things and he would call them angles mm-hmm. and that's what this means working the angles and it 
he has an idea of like a triangle in his mind. So if you have three angles, those lines should intersect well and they, the lines from the angles yep. and they create a triangle. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and these things are done unnoticed. They don't get a lot of uh, acclaim from people, but they're the things that when he looks at scripture, he sees um, given to us by God. The first would be prayer. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this, two of these, if not three, I think you can get from like Acts 6. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, so the first would be the act of prayer. Um, the second would be God's word, mm -hmm. um, spending time in it, teaching it, communicating it, um, that sort of thing. And then the third is what he would call spiritual direction. And that's a, that's a term that is starting to come back in, in like popular vernacular with Christians. Yep specifically of the Protestant variety. Um, but it's an ancient practice and essentially it's just attending to what God is doing mm -hmm. in the person in front of you. Yeah. So that could look like counseling that could look like as to a brother and, his, and a brother are getting coffee, you know, as long as you're, you have that emphasis in mind of like, what is God doing in the person that I'm chatting with? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so those three things should sum up all of what the pastor does the majority of his time. Obviously there's going to be expense reports to fill out and there's going to be, you know, the toilet needs to get unclogged or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's going to be those kind of smaller responsibilities, but they should not dominate the pastor's time. Instead, yeah. these three responsibilities is what uh, Eugene would say the pastor should be doing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lou, how are you doing these things? <laughs> how does this, uh, yeah. out of these, cause these aren't new ideas to you personally, probably. Right. Um, and, and I've considered a lot of these things as well, but how do you see this lived out in your ministry where yep. you do have to think about Christmas stuff and some production oh, yeah. value and some of those components that I think uh -huh. maybe people of our disposition might say, bah, get out of here. Like I want to do the more important stuff, Yeah, but there's still other things we got to mm -hmm. tend to. Yeah. I mean, so there's a couple things that are pushing against this. One is our desire for acclaim notoriety. And this could just be the sinful flesh, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, but two, then there's also just the, um, the expectations or opinions of others. And these things aren't necessarily bad, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Christmas has to happen and I do have to figure out what that's going to look like. So yeah. I do. <laughs> it's a part of my job. <laughs> um, so for me, I struggle with this and I think um, putting these things and trying to put these things at the forefront of my day, mm -hmm. um, especially like things like prayer where that's, primarily centering on my relationship with God mm -hmm. and making sure that I can do that at the forefront of my day. Because then if you do it at the beginning, um, you'll make time for the you other get things. get it over with. You <laughs> yeah. just check it off the box. <laughs> but it, it's like, uh, if you, it, sometimes I've found that if I put it at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's, it's easier to just kind of let things continue to slide. Yeah. Um, and it informs your day. Yeah, it's certainly it, like it helps set the foundation that you're mm -hmm. going to build on that day. Yeah, it impacts the rest of what I do for sure. And try to do that on a consistent basis. And frankly, I don't do it every day. Mm -hmm. 
but I do do it on a consistent basis, something that's reasonable. You have a smirk. Do do. <laughs> oh, you, I said do do. <laughs> I am a child in a 32 year old body. Yeah. Um, and then like something like with um, spiritual direction, I, I have a, I have a personality that can very easily get absorbed with like tasks mm-hmm. and to do lists and reminding myself um, that's not the most important thing. Um, so making time for people whenever they come into my office to the, I try to do this. I don't always do this, but giving them my attention and trying to think of it in a broader context of just like, what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of like yeah. treating them like <laughs> the eternal soul that they're. Um, so certainly not a hundred percent. Maybe not even 50%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It is. Our flesh is wrestling against these things. Yeah. And you know what? I never have to think of an excuse to not play video games, but yeah, but I'm so apt to find something that gets in the way of me getting in the word or getting in prayer. Yeah. Caring for people. Well, yeah. so right. For sure. I hardly ever play video games. So that was a terrible example. Scroll <laughs> on my phone. That's yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Search Craigslist. Yeah. The next deal. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how can these things inform the lay person? Oh, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I would say one of the ways is to pray for your pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that they would have the desire to do these things. Um, uh, I had another one and then it just went away. There you go. That's sad. Pray. <laughs> pray. Gosh darn it. I let me throw one in. Sure. Yeah, I love it. Positioning your attitude towards the church, mm-hmm. the gathering, the production. I hate all these words, but yeah. Well, I don't hate gathering, production. Yeah. I get you it. Know. Um positioning your attitude towards the church in opposition to those things we're familiar with in the secular world. Mm. Consumerism, mm. you know, catering, mm-hmm. um, you know comfort, all of these things, those are not what the church is primarily for. Um, It's it's to worship God together Mm -hmm. and it's to um, equip the saints for the ministry of the work of the ministry. Yeah. So I would say that'd be a really helpful thing is as you come on a Sunday, don't think, "Mm, you know, these are my favorite kind of cookies and coffee's okay. And that greeting time is too long or too short. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, and I get that way too. I mean, that's just human nature. For sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there certainly is that, that aspect of changing your viewpoint. And once you change your viewpoint, there will be practical implications yeah. of, yeah, how's, what does this look like in my relationship to my pastor, to my church, um, uh, all of that. And um, yeah, so I guess part of that is not having... Um, unrealistic expectations for the work of the pastor, but instead as God has called us to, to pray for our pastor and mm-hmm. to help them and support them and um, humbly submit to their leadership, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I can't think of anything else right now. Yeah. It's Cause I'm hungry. I want burritos. I and I want it now. 
It's my money, and I need it now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, J.G. Wentworth. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, we are not sponsored no. by J.G. Wentworth. <laughs> <laughs> need some money. That's the general. <laughs> well, there's Dollar General, but I think those are stores. No, the general is like a, I think it's an insurance or loan advance. They've got Shaq on their commercials now, I think. He's a little animated general. Anyways. <laughs> Catchy slogans, apparently, <laughs> that have warmed their way into my head. Well, Lou, I think that this is an ever-present and, and often, like most things, uh, something that ought to be constantly revisited to attune yeah. ourselves to you know, true north as leaders within a church body and members of a church body. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so I appreciate you bringing this back to our attention, and hopefully, listener, this was an encouraging uh, exercise in seeing it's... It's, um, there's more going on under the hood yeah. know, as far as running a church goes for sure. than what seems to be on the surface that has practical implications for you. Yep. So, well, Lou, thank you. Anytime. Listener, we will get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 